Good evening, friends, and welcome to our last evening together. We're going to be talking about the safest place to be. And we're going to start with a word of prayer, if you'd pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for today. We thank you for our lives. We thank you for your word and ask that you speak to us through Bible prophecy. Show us the mission and plan that you have for us and show us the safest place to be. Give us the faith to enter that safe place in Jesus' name. Amen. Start by grabbing your Bibles. Let's go to Revelation chapter 18 is where we're beginning tonight. Revelation chapter 18. We're just going to be reading verses 2 through 5. This goes along with Revelation 14, the second angel's message. Starting verse 2. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. It's a pretty intense passage. I'm talking about, look at verse 5 again. Or verse 4, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins. Come out of who? And Babylon. So this is talking about, so Babylon, not the actual place, but in Bible prophecy, Babylon is confusion. It's false religious teachings and values. And so God in, in Bible prophecy, even right now today, is calling his people out of confusion, out of false religion, into a harmonious, right relationship with him, with a knowledge of the truth, to serve and love him in spirit and in truth. So he's calling us out of confusion today, to come out of the world today, out of false religion. He's calling us back to him, back to worshiping him as our creator. He is calling people back to a personal relationship with him. Have you been hearing God call to you today? I know I have. And, you know, lest you receive of her sins, it said, when we make mistakes, what are we to do when we make mistakes? Is this talking about us? You know, have you ever felt like you couldn't talk or connect with God because of your mistakes? I'm not asking if this is what you intellectually believe or not, but is this your experience? This is one of Satan's greatest deceptions. The devil's ultimate goal, remember, from night two is to keep us from having a relationship with Jesus. Jesus knows our mistakes, and nothing is hidden from his sight. But guess what? Our mistakes do not change the love that he has for us. I've heard a preacher say, don't clean up your life to come to Jesus. First, come to Jesus, pursue a personal relationship with him, 
and the cleaning will come after knowing him. It's not what you know, it is who you know. If you're trying to clean your life up in order to gain God's favor, that is false religion. That's false religion. Yet the, on the contrary, we're supposed to come to him and the cleaning up and the good works come from fruit of knowing Jesus. Even our righteous works or as filthy rags, Isaiah 64, 6 tells us, and our lives are made just, we are made righteous when we place our faith in Christ. His blood was shed for your mistakes, for my mistakes. Not just to give us a ticket to heaven, but to give us the confident assurance in his love for us and his power in our lives to overcome sin. Oh, how we need the white robes of Christ's righteousness to cover us today. Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And a scripture we've read three times now, this is the fourth, I think, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. It's a great one to memorize. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Because of Jesus, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we see here, uh, when we make mistakes in our experience in life, um, sometimes, like Adam and Eve, they hid in the garden, right? They sewed fig leaves together for themselves and covered their nakedness um, and, and hid from God. They tried to cover their nakedness with their own works, uh, their shame, their guilt with their own works. Um, but God made them a clothing from a sacrifice to... Um, representing Christ being slain, and it's his righteousness that covers them. So, yeah, when we make mistakes, instead of listening to the devil's thoughts and false religion and Babylon that he's, he throws at us, let's do what the Bible tells us to do, what's God's will. When we make mistakes, God's will for us is to come boldly back to him, immediately back to him. And that is the safest place we can be. You know, just a, something that might help. Earlier this year, I started a journey reading through the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and even the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Right now, I'm currently in Luke. I'm halfway through Luke. Um, but I tell you, reading through these feels like the first time I've read about Jesus. It's the most refreshing renewing study and devotional experience I've had in a very long time. And, and it's simply because it's focusing on the absolute centerpiece of the Bible, and that's Jesus. When we focus on what this whole book is about, what Christianity is all about, it's all about Jesus. And when we do that, we find absolute life, because Jesus is the manifest image of who God is. 
When Jesus came, he revealed to the whole world who God really is in the fullness. So maybe you haven't read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the revelation of Jesus Christ. Maybe you haven't read those in a while, but I urge you to do so if you haven't. Because over time we learn, we grow, we hear sermons, read scriptures, our daily experiences, our prayer life. We grow and when we come back to something that we think is so familiar, we'll see even more clearly that Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. So, but I, I testify that since I started reading the Gospels again, my faith in Christ and his power has been greatly strengthened. He's more real to me as my friend, as my Savior, as my Lord, and I'm in love with him. So young people, you know, your, your parents love you so much. Have you ever thought, why do my parents want me to go to church, or why are they making me watch these videos, or why do they want and expect me to keep the Sabbath? Have you ever thought that? Is because they want you to know Jesus personally. So I have a question for you. I want you to answer it in your head um, honestly. Is church boring or are these videos boring or is, um, is the Sabbath boring? Is it something you don't look forward to? And if we put you up in front of the church and asked you with a microphone... Um, all of us would probably say, no, not at all. Church is not boring. None of that is boring. But does that answer really reflect your experience? Be honest with yourself. Do you find church boring or the Sabbath boring or religious or spiritual things boring? You know, if you take Jesus out of the Bible, if you took him out of the Sabbath, if you took him out of the church, then I would agree with all those things that those would be boring without Jesus. But when you have a relationship with Jesus, you'll find that the Sabbath is a delight, that you love coming to church, that, and the scriptures are filled with the most precious and joyous treasures. A famous preacher, John Piper, once asked, if you could have heaven and all your loved ones, all the prosperity all the animals, your dream house, your dream car, <laughs> and absolutely everything you can imagine in heaven with you, would you be satisfied with heaven if you had all of that, but Jesus wasn't there? Think about that. Would you be satisfied with heaven if you could have absolutely everything you wanted except Jesus wasn't there? And answer honestly, if your answer in your head is, I think I would be happy, but that that's not good. That's not, heaven is about Jesus. That's what heaven, that's what the Bible is all about, that relationship with Jesus. He is the life, he's the resurrection of the life, and he wants us to have an abundant life, and the Sabbath, all about Jesus. So, if, if that is your experience, if you find heavenly or spiritually things boring, then I, I counsel you in two things. Number one, if that is you, please read the Gospels again. Go back through the Gospels if you haven't done it. It's the first four books in the New Testament, then the last book in the New Testament, and they're rich with stories. 
and awesome, powerful experiences that you see Jesus and those around him going through. And so read the Gospels, dive deeper with Jesus. Jesus is not boring. And that's the first counsel. Second counsel is keep coming to church. Even when you turn the age where you think you don't have to, keep coming to church, even if you think it's boring. Why? You'll learn more about Jesus, and one day you won't ever have to go to church again. Did you know in the New Jerusalem, there will not be a church building? There will not be a temple, like a place of a, a temple that we worship God, but um, because I say this because Revelation 21, 22, and 23 say, But I saw no temple in it, speaking of New Jerusalem, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. So this whole week we've talked about uh, spiritual warfare, the great controversy. We've heard personal stories and stories of others. and But, you know, everything that we've studied, nothing compares with what we're talking about today, that relationship. So if you're going to take anything home this week, it's this. Read through the Gospels. Jesus loves you and he longs for each one of you to have a deep connection with him. Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The safest place for us to possibly be is in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what he wants for you and for all of us. God bless you. Let's pray and conclude our series. Dear Lord, we don't deserve a relationship with you. Each one of us has wronged you, but it's only by your love, your grace, that you call us back into a relationship with you. Even in our mistakes, you want us to come running to you because you're running to us. Lord, give us that faith, the confident assurance in your love and your word. Help us to develop better devotional habits by reading your word and talking to you every day. In Jesus' name, prepare us for your second coming. Amen.